0: All right, and welcome everyone to another exciting episode of the Coruscant Pulse for November 13th, 2017. We are exactly 30 days away until The Last Jedi hits theaters, and by the time you're listening to this, you should be playing Battlefield. I'm sorry, Battlefront 2. No, David will be with me as always. It's just David. Hi, everybody. You know... If
1: there's a comforting thing to know, it's that we're probably going to have something Star Wars to talk about for a very long time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, The floodgates will open after. uh, Well, actually, no, I mean, this is it. I mean, we got we got big news. I'm sure everyone already knows we're kind of late to the game with this one. But uh, there's big news announced this week. And also little news, I mean it's just it's just tons like a like a huge info dump, a Wikileaks amount worth of information has it been dropped on us,
1: yeah, it was certainly not what I was expecting as I stepped you know into the elevator at my office when I saw like, oh, there's a new like Star Wars post on the YouTube channel
0: I mean we had kathleen kennedy do a and then we had the extended interview come out with her with uh, andy gutierrez from the star wars show on youtube and then uh a huge bombshell a couple days after that yeah
1: and so i guess you know we've kind of been skirting around it for a bit but ryan johnson is getting his own trilogy of movies
0: yeah he's uh set to write and direct the first one with producer uh, i believe his name is ram ram bergman who's a uh, longtime producer from all of his other films including the last jedi and then they're uh he's going to oversee and produce the uh, other two films that's the plan thus far in that new trilogy
1: certain that he's going to direct them he's kind of taking in some ways a creative jj control over this system though where he's going to launch, and then he's going to supervise what's going on?
0: Yeah, which is what it said, oh, I don't know how many episodes ago, that, like, Star Wars kind of needs a a Bob Iger-ish type. Or no, not Bob Iger. Uh, what's the guy from Marvel? Kevin? Kevin,
1: I don't know how to pronounce his name, last damn. name, but it's like Feige or Fage or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's Kevin Feige. F-E-I-G-E.
0: Yeah, they need a, sorry, a Kevin Feige to kind of get going uh, with some sort of continuous story uh, continuity here. So that's that's good. You know, one question I have for you is do you think that
1: this means that they're going to abandon going forward their current plan of, you know, with these episodic movies of having new directors for everyone? It seems like they have anyway considering that they went back to JJ. But do you think that there's going to be one person in charge of the next Of next episodic skywalker saga
0: uh i don't know 100 percent i mean i don't think really anyone does but uh yeah i could see them i mean look at what they've done they've kind of latched onto the people that they can work with and uh, they really like what they got out of ryan they liked what jj produced so they're bringing him on again so yeah i could see them kind of having a pool and maybe expanding that pool as they go forward with other people and uh or um, other films so that we have a bit of variety and a bit, a bit of variety in the film types we get. That would be nice
1: for me. That actually raises a second question uh, specifically about this new trilogy. And that is, you know, it are these movies because they're specifically not the episodic movies that they've talked about before. Are these going to wind up replacing out what was the standalone movies? Or do you think this is actually either replacing or, you know, just kind of interluding between the next set of of Skywalker episodic films?
0: Yeah, because that was the one thing we did learn, that these this trilogy, Ryan Spearheading, is its own independent trilogy. And it's in the Star Wars universe in an area we haven't really seen and uh, does not involve Skywalker. So that's that's a difference but are we still getting an obi-wan movie you know that was rumored are we still getting a uh, boba fett movie which was another rumor uh you know what's what's coming up next what are they going to do are we going to have like a poe dameron uh standalone film are we going to have a kylo ren standalone you know any of these new characters phasma uh are we going to get their own star wars story or are we going to keep going back or are we going to go back even further to the old republic with this new trilogy or other standalones You know, it's really the, uh, it's kind of like a watershed moment. Anything's really kind of possible here. Like we could be getting, God, I don't know what, what do you think? I think, you know, I want to address
1: two things that you mentioned. One is talking about the old Republic specifically from what they have said. I almost think it is a guarantee. We are not getting an old Republic trilogy here. And the reason for that is explicitly within the, Within this writing, they have said Johnson will introduce new characters from a corner of the galaxy that Star Wars lore has never explored before. The Old Republic has been explored, and has been explored quite deeply. You know, it's the subject of a very long, very good comic line, Knights of the Old Republic. It's been the subject of two fully-fledged single-player games an entire MMO campaign, which they called KOTOR's three through seven. And it's also been, you know, the subject of a number of novels. So I feel like, you know, if there was an area that they were going to explore that has never been explored before the old Republic, isn't it? But there are two things that I think kind of going in line with that idea though, there are two things that, we haven't seen before that i think specifically ryan johnson might wind up getting a kick out of playing with the first is the founding of the republic like just early days of the galaxy and just how the republic was formed or the height of the republic which is something that i mentioned on an earlier episode i really think something related to You know, the Republic at the height of its powers is something that I really would like to see. I want to see what the galaxy lost when Palpatine came in and corrupted that organization. I also think Johnson does something completely different and instead explores the founding of the Jedi Order. You know, it gets into mysticism. It gets into some of the crazy, wacky things that Star Wars has and is known for. But, you know removes it away in a lot of ways because if you think about it like how fitting would it be for someone who writes the end of the jedi order with the last jedi to also then write its beginning you know to have that holistic view of this is where the jedi begin and i've already told you where it ends
0: yeah that's that's very uh poetic there and i think that i don't I think that seeing something that we haven't necessarily seen before, it, it, that could really be anything because uh, saying that we've already seen Knights of the Little Republic, well, we've seen it in a bunch of, you know, stuff that isn't really canon anymore or is canon. It's kind of walking that line. And like the comics, those aren't canon anymore. Those are gone. So them coming out with an KOTOR, and plus KOTOR is a pretty broad term. KOTOR could be from anywhere between, you know, the foundation of the Republic and the Jedi Order or, you know, a little bit after the foundation of the Jedi Order to, you know, 40 years before uh Pappeltin was born or whatever. So, I mean, this is a wide area because, you know, we don't we don't actually know if it was 10,000 Jedi generations or 10,000 years. But it's a long chunk of time and uh Yeah, I mean, it could be any one of those. I would be, I'm thinking it's something from the past, definitely. I don't want to put it to a specific date, but we've seen hints of the Jedi, who the Jedi were in Rogue One with the uh, temples on Jedha. Uh, They've referenced the Guardian of the Wills in Rogue One as well. And then in this one, we're finally seeing some space paper and some book form in The Last Jedi. So I'm thinking that it's going back to something new, and I think what you said might be a bit, maybe even uh, prophetic, with the uh, that he's going to show us the beginning of some sort of Jedi order here.
1: Yeah, you know, I just came up with that after I was kind of going through my mind about the founding of the Republic, because it's just like, well, you know, there is something else that would make a lot of sense, which is founding of the Jedi. And perhaps the ancient war between the Jedi and Sith. I don't know if disappointing is the right word if it is Knights of the Old Republic. And the the reason why I say that is because I, I know that it's no longer canon. But for me, the disrespect that it would say that, hey, we're going to explore something that's never been explored before. And it's this thing that you love. To me, like I I don't know. I think I feel kind of disrespected that no, like there were great stories that were told here, and you're saying that none of that mattered at all because I don't know. Kotor kind of does live in a very odd world right now.
0: It does, and I think you're going to see something similar to the Marvel movies happening, where the comics borrow—I mean, the movies borrow from the comics—they're not exact copies of the stories in the comic books i think we're going to get a little transition you know there's going to be a little bit lost or gained in translation from the printed word to screen okay you know and- things are going to be changed like thrawn thrawn's back but he's not parts of him are the same but his exact story isn't you know there's things That's that are different true. but you know
1: what i i will say there's definitely enough around nice republic that i i I don't think that there's any danger that I'm going to see a story that I already know it's going to happen in if they do do something like that.
0: And there were some things in the KOTOR era that didn't necessarily work. There was a lot that did and they can go back and change that. Why not? If you own that base story and it it does have a lot of interesting points, why not go back and change some, some things that's, that's perfectly fine.
1: Although I, you know, I do want to ask you kind of the similar but different question. With Johnson, with the way that they worded the press release, specifically introduce new cor- new characters from a corner of the galaxy that Star Wars lore has never before explored. There's two other things that I think it could be, and now I'm talking more geographic in some ways as opposed to corner being a being kind of a think it's metaphor for the kind of stories that are being told.
0: So you're thinking something from the unknown regions? I'm thinking something from
1: the unknown regions. Potentially something regarding the big threat that was out there that keeps getting alluded to in Thrawn specifically. You know, the thing that the First Order either confronted or joined in order to gain more power
0: yeah or you know uh alluding to we have this character Snoke I think if they tie him into it in some way shape or form that will help uh, bridge the gap into this new trilogy whether they go back into the past or the future or they run it you know a little bit before the events of the sequel trilogy you know depending on what they do that's why I don't want to say oh it's going to be KOTOR right away but I mean they have setups already in the new movies and some of the new canon for it to go in all these different areas. And I think all of them are pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. And one reason why I think it might wind up going in this more modern direction, as opposed to something before in the past, as much as I would love to see it is specifically because I feel like what happened was during the course of filming the last Jedi, there's a story point there that Orion introduces that they jumped on the chance to have him fully flesh out.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense of why maybe he turned on episode 9 if they wanted this uh, sequel trilogy, because the rumors for it coming out, uh, I think they said 2020 or 2021, somewhere around there. Yeah, I haven't seen anything official in terms of that. It would make sense. Yeah, they wouldn't want to sit on that for too long.
1: Yeah, especially if playing on any kind of tie-in.
0: Yeah, if they want to have one movie coming out a year, they better, uh, you know, hop two. But that's plenty of time. I mean, three years, uh, who knows how long he's been already kind of working on this and writing it. So, I mean, that's that's a good amount of time. They can let uh, the Han Solo movie come out, J.J. finish up this movie. If they want to do some Obi-Wan movie, fine. They could probably do that real cheap, too. And uh, we could go ahead from here. But it's uh, it's it's exciting because Ryan he made some damn good uh, damn good sci-fi. Have you seen Looper yet?
1: Looper? Yes. Yes. No. I saw Looper. Looper was great. James is the one that hasn't seen Looper.
0: James, I keep forgetting. Yeah, damn him. Damn him to hell.
1: Yeah. Like honestly, like the things that he was able to do, just in terms of time travel, and the way he built that story together. It is really something impressive in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I remember before he was brought on to do the last Jedi or anything, just like, okay, this was an interesting movie. I have to check out what else this guy does. And, you know, just kind of keep your eye on him on IMDB. And hopefully he comes out with something else. And I remember watching a lot of interviews with him back when. And, uh, People were always saying, you know, uh, are you going to make another movie about Looper involving the Rainmaker, the one character in the film? And he said, no, you know, it's kind of just a... But he's like, if someone else wants to, they're more than, you know, some other director or writer wants to come along and do it, but he doesn't have an interest in that. But, you know, even like the villain in that movie, quote unquote, people really liked and grabbed onto. And I was one of those. I was like, yeah, that was kind of like an interesting setup that he had even for... You know, uh he he'd set up the villain really well in there and it was really uh really cool and interesting and refreshing. Yeah, and like also evil in a way that you don't often see too. Yeah, and you understood why the kid why that kid came you know grew up to become that character. It's like, oh, that makes total sense.
1: Yeah, and there wasn't a ton of exposition. Like you know, there were rumors, so everything was heard, but no one was a reliable narrator. It was just a really good delivery of information.
0: Yeah, because it was so like mysterious and spread out through a bunch of different characters and situations. But at the end of the day, the picture was painted clear enough for you to kind of understand everything and for you to be intimidated by. You know, a five-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, and not everything is explained. Like why
1: he has that kind of power is never explained. Yeah, but it it literally does not matter because no. it's not the the story is not about the
0: kid's power. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what likes, and that movie was written smart enough to where you don't need the power explained. Like you ever see the movie Ronin? No. Okay, God damn it! <laughs> it's it's a it's a good spy movie. It's got Robert De Niro and uh, uh, Jean Reno in it, and it's a good uh, spy movie. It's uh, got a good car chase scene, a couple car. Anyway, check that out. But anyway, the whole movie you're trying to figure out. They're trying to steal the case, which has got this stuff in it. You don't know what it is. It's just that all these spies are working together against each other to get this case. And a spoiler: this movie came out in '97. I'm not going to tell you exactly what happened, but you never find out what's in the case. You just know that people will kill and be killed for it. And it doesn't really matter what's in the case. It's more of the drama surrounding it that these people are, you know, disenfranchised. And anyway, all these other themes. And you kind of, it's smart enough to where you kind of don't really need to know. And that might tick some people off, but if you have a movie set up, that tells a story, there are some things that you can leave ambiguous and, you know, aren't really necessary. And yeah, Looper was one of those where it's like, you know, how does a time travel work? Well, how come the mafia has control of the time travel? How come people have telekinetic powers, but they do a good enough job kind of just saying, you know what, we don't really know how this works. This is a story and you buy it. It's easy enough for you to go, okay, you know, suspend that uh, disbelief and watch it and enjoy the film.
1: It's really one of those things where, and I think this is the thing that gives me the most hope about this whole new trilogy and the fact that Ryan Johnson is doing this. Ryan Johnson is a smart writer, from everything that I've heard and everything that I've that I've seen that he's done. Which I mean, granted, it's one movie, so it's Looper, but he wrote Looper.
0: Yeah, I watched Brick. I was able to find that on the internet, and uh, that was good. That was a good murder mystery. It was like a teenage murder mystery. It was good, you know they had uh, you could tell it was someone's first film, but uh damn, I don't know who could make a better first film. you know it was it was pretty solid. Yeah, and I really think that
1: when I think that when they unleashed Ryan Johnson to write this movie as opposed to one of the cast ins or something like that, I think they realized that they had something really special there.
0: Yeah, and this is something we talked about in an earlier episode too, and I think we're all on the same page, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the directors and writers, which is usually the one and the same going into these uh sequel trilogy movies didn't really have an outline for the trilogy, you know, they just kind of started at point A and hopefully got to point B at the end of the project and uh we were kind of debating whether or not that's the best way to tell a trilogy of films.
1: Yeah, I think you're right and you know the more i go along with it we'll see i'm kind of glad that they didn't in some ways because i i'm glad that ryan johnson has the creative freedom that he does to do the last jedi the way he wanted to but at the same time i feel like an individual like jj and you know if colin trevorrow had been the person to do the ninth movie having the organization already set up and knowing key mysteries and twists would have been really helpful.
0: I am so glad Colin Trevorrow's off the project. His movies suck.
1: I mean, I will say I was, it's not like Jurassic world was an impressive film. I didn't hate it, but you know, that is faint, faint praise for, for a director in my opinion. Like I, I like I know not everyone likes it. I like the new I like the new Star Trek. You know, I'm not a big Trekkie guy, but I enjoy what JJ Abrams launched. However, I will say the last one is probably my favorite. Which I think was um Into Darkness or something. Which is the exact one that JJ Abrams did not do.
0: Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> that was Simon Pegg, I think.
0: Yeah, and Simon Pegg brought in a lot of stuff from the old uh, shows. And even Star Trek Enterprise, the one show with Scott Bakula. No, that one was the good one. Apart from the fucking Beastie Boys moment, it was uh, pretty solid. And the fact that it was kind of the same as the other two, where you had a guy going, wanting revenge against the Federation for reasons, but at least they kind of gave him good reasons in this one. As
1: opposed to Benedict Cumberbatch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, evil Robocop which I like seeing him work but uh yeah that that was kind of lame but yeah i mean it's uh so this guy has an idea and L- Kathleen Kennedy and the people at Lucasfilm and Disney were like okay he's got a good idea he's creative we like what he's made for us we're going to go ahead and uh give him a trilogy and that's that's damn exciting
1: yeah and you know if anyone has reasons why they don't think that this is going to be interesting i'd love to hear them because right now i think i've only heard praise for what's coming down the line from ryan johnson i i don't know if maybe it's just you know the areas of the internet that i'm in that i haven't seen any negative response to this but if anyone knows of any you know please let me know because i am i'm really curious about where if any if anyone does feel like this misses the mark you know what it is because the only thing i could think of is burnout and people just being like uh another star wars story i don't want that to which i would say well that's fine more for me
0: yeah i know that's kind of how i am With i am in the dark places of the internet and do you know what i don't really uh i mean apart from people and even in our groups of friends say oh walkers another another battle scene with walkers and they're on kind of like a snow planet again another big ship, you know, this is... Apart from those types of complaints and them kind of saying, oh, it's going to be like, you know, Empire Strikes Back 2. And I'm like, eh, well, whatever. Don't watch it then. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Context is key in certain situations. Very true.
1: And, you know, there was something else that Mop last week in addition to that, which is that there will be a new Star Wars live-action TV show that is being developed for Disney's new platform.
0: Which, I hope Dave Filoni is in charge of that. See, me,
1: I'm still... I Part of me, yes, I I would love Dave Filoni to get that chance to really spread his creative muscle around. But the other part of me is just like, man, he's just such an excellent animator. I kind of don't want to lose him from the Lucasfilm animation team.
0: Well, how about if I dream up a position right now for him, and he's just in charge of all Lucasfilm TV? Whoo,
1: that would be—I mean, I would probably be able to get behind that. He's a little bit untested as far as live-action performances go, but he's a damn good writer. He is a—he is an excellent writer. He—I I don't know how he'd be able to direct per se, but if he had a strong like assistant director or second chair i'm sure he'd do fine because he knows he knows the kind of performance that he wants how to get them out of people might be the challenge for him but
0: he seems like a personable guy he seems like he's good around other humans yes you know george lucas for all of his greatness and uh the film technologies and everything he's done for for modern cinema doesn't really seem like a people person and that's okay but you know what I mean? Dave Filoni pretty he seems pretty approachable. He seems genuinely nice and like he enjoys talking to people.
1: Yeah, that is true. So maybe it's a little bit overblown, like some of my concerns about it, but you know, they're making a TV series for Star Wars, and I don't know, for me, that's kind of where I want to see something regarding the Nice Able Republic as opposed to a trilogy movie.
0: I don't. What do you? I, I think a good split. I think maybe having a TV show. Or ooh, do you know what? What What do you think they would do? Do you think they would have the TV show kind of mirror the new trilogy, kind of like how Agents of Shield is doing for the Marvel films, or do you think it's going to be off on its own little tangent?
1: Oh, that is an excellent question, and I'm not. I I can tell you what I would prefer. I would prefer it to stand alone, because I think. You have a strong benefit when you just have a TV show that doesn't concern itself with with kind of like these big movies and what's happening there. Because you get a chance in a TV series to explore in nuance, in detail, things that take time to reveal themselves, take time to kind of show you, which is not what you get within a movie. And if you have to spend the time... And then the payoff is in another medium. And sometimes doesn't work too, too well for me. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a pretty good example. Like, I feel like out of all the other pieces, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does it fairly okay. But it's still... I I feel like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. itself as a show would be stronger if it honestly ignored the MCU.
0: Well, I think that's what they're doing with the other Netflix shows of the comic book films. And maybe would you be for something more towards that where they're definitely in the same universe, but they are very far removed from each other. The only reason why I'm going to say
1: no there is because I don't think that the Marvel TV show stuff is far enough removed from the MCU. Like if they, if ever reason if everything had been set in the MCU in like California instead of New York then i think i'd be okay but they keep dropping hints and that kind of thing to the greater MCU within the within you know the Netflix shows for example gotcha. like daredevil keeps like the reason daredevil's place is so cheap is because yeah like this whole area during the event got wiped out and when they rebuilt you know there's this massive billboard here I'm blind so the light doesn't bother me.
0: Yeah, but he does say the event. I mean, I don't want to get into the semantics though of uh Yeah, it could have that. been
1: something else, but I, I think it's pretty clear.
0: Okay, but you want it you want him in another state. I I understand. Yeah. And it's kinda like
1: I I want and the reason why is because, you know, we already see this a little bit with Star Wars, you know, about how things wind up getting delayed because you have to wait for the reveal in something else. And I would not want a TV show, a TV show's pacing to be determinant upon something that's going to happen in a movie. That's really my main concern.
0: True, true. Yeah, I'm sure people could argue that for Agents of Shield and others, but we'll let that be for another Marvel podcast. Uh, the yeah, I could see that, and I think we're gonna, the floodgates are going to open with eight coming out, where we're going to be getting content, content, and more content. We're going to be getting answers to questions that we've been uh, waiting for, you know, since we first saw the trailer for The Force Awakens.
1: I think we're also going to get answers to questions we didn't realize we had.
0: Ooh, actual surprises!
1: Yeah, and that that will be nice. I think.
0: Yeah. What about that? Yeah. So I mean, the content is gonna is gonna come, and I think you know we're thirty days away from it really going off. So, like you said at the top of the episode, yeah, we are uh, we are living in exciting Star Wars times. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and not only that, but. You know, we were talking about before about, you know, this whole new Disney streaming piece. And you and I, I think specifically were just like, man, I don't know about this. It's yet another service that we're going to have to pay for. The thing is, is they did come out and confirm that they are going to be priced underneath Netflix, which means that, you know, if it if it's only going to be a couple of bucks a month, I might be able to swing something like that, which I think is makes a lot of sense.
0: I think Netflix, they read somewhere that their lowest package was seven ninety nine. dollars mm-hmm. So even if it's 7 8 bucks a month, you know, ain't bad. And, uh, you know, if we're getting a new live action show on that, and if we're getting the full catalog of everything uh, Star Wars, Disney, and Marvel, because mm-hmm. Disney owns it all, uh, then, yeah, that's that's going to be well worth its weight in uh, gold or $8 a month.
1: Yeah, I, I'm absolutely on board with that.
0: Yeah, plus the nieces and nephews come over, you can throw on uh, the the entire
1: Disney catalog, and not only Disney, but Disney XD, Disney Channel, and so on and so forth. Bam. And, you know, at that point, you know, I might even be able to trim back my cable package even further, which would be nice.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the one thing that's, it's not so much Disney doing this, it's that, okay, what if 20th Century Fox does this? What if fx or FXS fox if abc has their own service or that's disney uh bad example but you know everyone segments into their own streaming service well then the cable bill is now back to where it was the same with all the channels you have to fucking get
1: but at the same time you know you you have in an in an ecosystem like that the one thing that a lot of the cable packages don't have is the ability to really cho- pick and choose because you know, I don't watch a bunch of stuff on the TV, so I don't need everything. I have these specific things that I watch and use, and that's what I would like to have.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing I use TV for are sports.
1: Yeah, sports and cooking shows. That's that's about it for me.
0: Yeah. Well, even there are some cooking shows on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it will, we will uh, reap the whirlwind until uh, it eventually levels out. But uh, until then, yeah, it will, uh, sure, less than Netflix a month, even if it was the same, I'd buy it if we're getting all of this stuff. so But that's not going to happen. I think the, it said in the article uh, somewhere around 2019, uh, Marvel, all the Marvel stuff's getting pulled off Netflix.
1: Yep, and by the beginning of 2019, or by the end of 2019, Uh, is when they're expecting the new Star Wars show to come out. So it's probably going to launch with the platform.
0: Yeah, that's smart, because then you're going to get... Star Trek Discovery got picked up for a second season, and uh, that's probably made CBS a whole buttload of money doing how they've done it. Probably. Well, what about... uh, Let's talk about i don't know if it's good or bad but battlefront 2 is almost out but there's there's been a whole bunch of dramas around this shit
1: yeah so we have been meaning to talk about battlefront 2 for actually a full month at this point and we just have never managed to get to
0: it yeah other stuff has been coming up but finally two days after it's already been released you'll hear everything
1: (laughs) so i guess do you want to talk about your beta impressions overall first because you had you had some strong feelings on the beta,
0: yeah, I think I covered it i mean uh it, it it real lackluster, I don't know what they're doing uh i forget uh what I really pissed me, oh the game modes, yeah, with not having with not having having really str- yeah with not having just an open battlefield with having to do these objectives and uh, these fixed objectives, like destroying the m t t or uh you know, like the walk or assault mode, just have command points and capture them and have vehicles you can spawn from. Do it like Battlefield 1. That's what I want. If you're doing an online shooter, that's what works with, uh, or Team Deathmatch, you know, look at the games that are really good sellers at this. And that's the Call of Duty. And that's Battlefield 1 dice is working on this so i imagine they have access to a lot of the same systems as battlefield one i could see them wanting to keep it different so both titles will sell but again battlefield one is a year old uh if you guys are getting money off this don't you want to make money this year too so why don't you kind of make it kind of the same you know i don't understand
1: yeah like i I think that is specifically the thing that they didn't want it to be a straight clone but At the same time, like, even if it's not your featured mode, really, come on, like, add in, like, a good conquest mode. Like, I I will say, they do have Team Deathmatch. Team Deathmatch is a thing that is in Battlefront 2. Yeah, and I'm... it's, it's, It's almost like it's nerfed in a lot of ways, because... You, you don't get the fancy vehicles and the like, which is one of the really cool things about Conquest in Battlefield.
0: Yeah, they have, like, it feels too bossy. And, like, I like how they did the behemoths in Battlefield 1. They Yes, they're bossy in there, but they're given to the team with disadvantage. We were playing that one, and granted it was just the open beta, that Thede Assault. And I never won once with the droids, and I played it a good fifteen or twelve times that map, not even come close.
1: I won exactly one time with the droids, and i have I played that I don't know how many times, and even then as the droids, it came down to like I think we had four lives left when we finally managed to cap the thing,
0: yeah, and that was a big problem in uh the first game. There were a couple of Walker salt maps that if you weren't on the right team, you would lose plain and simple you would just you could not win anyway so but the multiplayer they can fix as they go along and they can come out with different modes you know that's something where these games uh, they can change over time and this is one of those games we're definitely going to be coming out with content because they're coming out with single player content in december and david you want to talk about the single player mode yeah so the single player mode for me is
1: actually where i'm expecting to get the majority of my value out of battlefront and I swear to God, if this thing is like two hours and I beat it in like a single sitting, like I'm gonna be kind of pissed. But I think you are. Oh, that Jesus Christ! If that is the case, that is that is just such a disappointment. Especially because it's just like you know, they had this guy on the Star Wars show who's playing. I think um, not Gideon Hask, but ah, uh, I'm Delor or something like that. Del. That's what his name is uh and he said that they f- they were shooting for 4 months and like if you if all you got out of that was like a 2 hour story campaign like
0: fuck that yeah i could see somewhere around 4 to 6 for this game i think if you speed through it it could be short
1: yeah so but again so long as the game itself is enjoyable I will likely be okay with it and the reason I know that is because of the sheer number of playthroughs I have of Republic Commando. Like, Republic Commando has not changed, but I have still played it multiple times.
0: He's he's not lying, folks.
1: Yeah, I, I really do have like four playthroughs on that thing. But, one thing that has me a little bit nervous and worried is that with The Last Jedi content, one of the things that they noted was that We're going to have Aiden during the creation of the First Order as a story mission as DLC in December, which to me raised a major alarm bell, which was hang the fuck on. Are you telling me that we are going to play through this campaign and that big thing that she says on Starkiller base, having like sending the ships out and all that kind of stuff that that's probably the freaking end of the campaign because that means that you know we don't get to see what really happened after operation cinder like this entire campaign that they have at launch could just be operation cinder and i cannot tell you how disappointed i would be if that is the case because it would literally be taking like this idea that we're going to get a new canon story and just ripping it out for me. Because it's it's not telling a new canon story. It's a, the exact same story. It's just giving it... It's fleshing out and giving it context. But still.
0: Yeah, that's that's all they're going to do, man. I mean, I've I've read the leaks of the story and I kind of figured as much. But yeah, this isn't going to be...
1: What I'm hoping for.
0: Yeah, and part of the problem is, is that... They really should just focus and make a single player game for people like you. Because I think you're just, when they're doing this split shit, it just, pick one or the other. Because I think the amount of time they're putting in on the single player, for me, they should have put into the multiplayer. And then for you, it's the same thing. So why not just make a game for you and a game for me, but have them be separate? And that's purely, I think, just a technological hardware issue.
1: I think it's also, it's honestly, I feel like it is a development issue. Like it's just this, it's this stupid tactic that people have been doing of just tacking in either single player or multiplayer campaign stuff into games that weren't designed for it in order to try and increase revenue streams. And all it does is make a shitty product like for me the most egregious example of that is actually battlefield 4 battlefield 1 i could take it or leave it battlefield 4 jesus christ that single player mode oh like like i finished that especially because of like bad company 2 was awesome and bad company was the way that if you're gonna have a split focus that's the way you want to develop a game because battlefield bad company is i think One of the better, like, first-person shooter narratives and multiplayer games that's come out in a while.
0: Yeah, I was going to say exactly that.
1: But in general, like, people just screw it up and screw it up all over the place. And, you know, it'd be nice if, you know, there was a studio that was working on a single-player story-focused campaign, but, oh, look, they got shut down. But, you know, for me, there is a little bit of hope Not a great hope, a little bit of hope. And that is EA just bought outright, they had been licensing through them for a while now, but they bought outright Respawn Entertainment. And uh, do you know much about Respawn?
0: Probably if EA owns them, they're going to be closed within a week.
1: That could totally happen. Uh, But Respawn is actually the group that did Call of Duty Modern Warfare In many ways, in my opinion, it's a game that really put Call of Duty on the map and essentially closed out Medal of Honor. Because Call of Duty Modern Warfare was honestly on another level from the Battlefield games like Battlefield 2. Uh, It was on another level from Battlefield 3. It was on another level again from any other game that had come out at that point shooter-wise. Like, it was on another level from Halo. And the guys who developed that at Infinity Ward eventually left Infinity Ward to start up their own studio called Respawn. Their first game that came out was Titanfall, which is one of the first, like, online only shooters, I feel like, that came out for consoles. And it didn't do great. You know, honestly, I I know that Titanfall did very good, because... I think the multiplayer-only focus really hurt it. And that's one of the reasons why I honestly do not believe in multiplayer-only games for the most part. If you don't have a story or a narrative to follow for an individual, then it's really hard to keep things going. Like, even MMOs have a story thread that a single player can follow through. You might need to collaborate with other players. You know, same thing like Destiny and a lot of other games. But you still have a story that you're kind of working through.
0: The Witcher was like a very creative, new, based off of books and novels, uh, comic books I believe as well, and the games were good and very creative, a lot of unique systems, well-made games, probably the best single-player game that's come out in a decade, and a series like Titanfall 2 outsold it by a lot, and Titanfall is nowhere near in the top five MMO shooters out there for sales. So single player games, you know, I I think that people and companies are going to be leaning towards something like destiny where it's got an MMO type aspect to it. And I don't know if we're going to be getting a star Wars single player game. I think the only way we could is because it is star Wars and Lucasfilm is going to want to make, money from every market possible, and I could see them pushing to get a single player game, they're going to have all types of games, remember old Lucasfilm where they they made every type of game on PC and the consoles, I could see them having some sort of uh, renaissance with their gaming and just being like, hey, uh, okay, now that all this content is out with The Last Jedi and we're kind of moving forward, them not capitalizing on this, because it's one thing Lucasfilm is always good at, it's capitalizing on where they could be making profits but uh, i think you're going to have to wait and me too because uh, as much as the battlefront 2 isn't going to be the single player game you want it's not going to be the multiplayer game that i want but yeah
1: i i really think that there is room for a really strong single player game i mean you know one of the one of the most played games that i've never touched is the grand theft auto series they they're now pivoting over to a multiplayer system. But I don't know that that's actually going to bear out for them. But that's something that we'll see. I think in some ways I want EA to be a better company than it is because I want them to stop maximizing profits, which is an insane thing to say. for a company it's just like i need you to not think about your shareholders and instead think about your consumers that's not something that corporations tend to do but it's what i'd really really like them to do but you can't have everything and it's also sad because it's just like yeah if you really just had a focused star wars shooter there's so much that you could do with it and then have an adventure game for the rest of us. Have have a Star Wars RPG, because that's what I really love. I love Star Wars RPGs. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like Destiny 2 so much, because in a lot of ways to me, Destiny plays the way that I would love for a Star Wars game to play. You know, you jump into these huge worlds, you work with other people just kind of at random ad hoc, And at the same time, you are following through a story and a thread and there are emotional moments. Granted, you know, Destiny 2's story isn't the greatest thing in the world, but it it works and it's enough. It's enough to keep me interested and the campaigns and the pacing are fun enough for me to go back to some of those missions.
0: Yeah, it would be, uh, I think what we both want is some sort of uh, uh, variety in our games. And I think we're going to get that. I think that Lucasfilm is not gonna let us down and uh they're gonna they're gonna make the games for us to get the or actually LucasArts is shut down. Uh they're gonna get us uh the companies that are gonna make it for us. So I've I have no doubt about that. We're just gonna to have to wait.
1: Yeah, and I think for me that's that is probably my my biggest problem with it. Like I don't I don't wanna wait until after the movies are all out to really have something fun to engage with. Like I, I really want an adventure game that allows me to, st- to step foot on Jakku and to step foot into a lot of these other places. But it's just like right now, the only way to do that is if you have a VR headset and do some of those tech demo type things that they've been setting up. And that's just not something I have to scratch do.
0: Like for me personally, I'm going to hold off on buying battlefield uh, or battlefront two until, uh, Probably after I see the film and after the first DLC and updates come out. Just because I hate buying a game and having it be all buggy because that always seems to happen. On Uh, that
1: note, I think that that is a fantastic transition over into into the record that Battlefront 2 and EA has made with their early access.
0: Which are you talking about the one from Reddit? Yeah,
1: they are the proud and dubious owners of the most downvoted comment in reddit history when they were specifically trying to defend the price point that they set up for the various heroes has reached at when I checked it last while we were recording it had 551,000 down votes which is far and away like that is over 10 times the number of downvotes the next worst comment has had in Reddit history, which was 43,000 downvotes.
0: And what was that comment about? I
1: don't even know.
0: Was it like a neo-Nazi or something?
1: I would hope, but I kind of doubt it.
0: Yeah, so they were were wanting to charge money and, well, for in-game microtransactions, which is unfortunately a thing. And, uh... Also with uh, their experience rewards for unlocking certain characters in game in the multiplayer mode.
1: Yeah, so it, it was to a point where someone did the full calculation where it would take you 40 hours of gameplay in order to unlock one hero, or in order to unlock the heroes. 40 hours, a full week of work of just solid work.
0: Yeah, nine to five, five days for one character.
1: Was it one character?
0: Yeah, that's what someone Holy said. Crap, for, I was, I was. I think that was for uh, for Vader. I think. Yeah, because it, it was near that. Because that's when I was absolutely unemployed and had nothing to do for uh, Battlefront One. I would sit there and unlock all the stupid guns and shit, and it would take a stupid amount of time. Yeah, so apparently
1: their in-game price was something like 60,000 in-game credits, which the only way to really get that at any kind of like normal speed was going to wind up being, you know, was going to wind up being to buy it, which I think other people were saying it cost them 80 bucks worth of microtransactions to get enough credits to purchase Darth Vader. And that is just stupid. Stupid, like, come on, man! That
0: yeah, I play Star Trek online, and like the nicest ships you can buy in there are kind of a ripoff at ten dollars, but that's nowhere near the same thing. You know, that's a huge MMO with way more complications than than a shooter game.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, I I play the freemium game League of Legends. And, yeah, like, you know, I've I've paid for content in that game, too. But, you know, it's never been to a point where I felt like I couldn't access something I was interested in. And my price point sure as hell ain't 80 bucks for one character.
0: Yeah, and you're paying for a character or I'm paying for a ship that I'm using all the time. You're not necessarily using Vader all the time. You just have him available. And not you know. only that, that's on top of...
1: The two games that you and I just talked about, they're fucking free. This is yes. after a minimum $60 down payment into this thing.
0: Yes. That is, uh, now Now I understand why they got the full uh, down vote. I didn't read all the math. I just saw their defense and heard about it. But Jesus Christ, that's retarded. 60, yeah, 100, and, was that 130 yeah, bucks?
1: A $140 to get one character. 140
0: fuck that! yeah
1: to be able to play as Vader, and and again that's why like i'm a little bit hesitant about claiming that because even if even if the 40 the 40 hours got you every hero in the game that is too fucking long and even if that was to buy all access to all the current heroes that's still way too fucking much
0: yeah that's that's ridiculous
1: yeah, and that is why it's some with some of these pieces. It is absolutely predatory. Like even Overwatch. Overwatch has loot boxes. I don't play Overwatch, but from what I hear, yeah, it's kind of fine because you don't really need anything that's really in the loot boxes. They're nice. They're fun. They're cool. But again, you know, it's the idea that you that you're locking content behind these things is
0: so freaking annoying and dumb. Yeah, same thing with Battlefield 1, like those loot crates, they're like fun skins and stuff, and you can get really rare rare melee weapons, but all the guns you can unlock through playing the game, and there's so many guns, and even you can unlock the guns by paying for them, but they're nowhere near that amount of money. Yeah, and and
1: it bogs my mind, because it's just like, hey, look, EA should copy that. Wait, EA did that. The fuck is going on? Sorry, i i it's gotten late at this point yeah. and I've begun cursing.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone someone into the math and you can't not do the math around nerds because they'll they'll jump on you. Math. But it that's that's a ridiculous amount of money. That is just uh preposterous. So yeah, I don't know what they're doing and that's one of the things with Battlefront two. I've kind of already written it off. I uh I mean, I'll play it, I'll get it eventually, but I'm not overtly excited about it. I will I can wait. I don't need to rush out and get it this week after playing the open beta and just reading about the nonsense that's been going on with it. It's like, all right, we'll see.
1: Yeah. For me, I, I really think, again, single player is where I'm hopefully going to get my value out of. And in all honesty, if that doesn't work, then then we'll be seeing because you know battlefront 2 is really gonna have to make a case for me to take time away from playing a game like destiny 2 that has a lot of the things that would be really interesting in an rpg you know it's got loot you know i can grind for loot it has a really strong multiplayer component which is a tight squad based 4v4 fight it's got interesting pve content it has you know Rallies and that kind of thing, so I can be part of a faction and like follow you, know, like try and raise my faction score and that kind of thing. Like it's got all the cool MMO pieces that actually would be interesting. It has a microtransaction store that I don't touch because I don't need to because I don't want to invest any more than my sixty dollars in this game, or significantly more than that because I totally have a season pass to the thing. And it's just you know couldn't you have done something like that instead of this it's like they took all of the worst lessons from battlefront or from battlefield and stuck them into the star wars game with the excuse that it's star wars people will buy it and yeah i i definitely did like a sucker but but yeah we'll see I, i'm just hoping that once all the dlc is done that the single player story was strong enough for me to to actually warrant having it Because I can almost guarantee if the campaign is short, I will probably beat the campaign every time before the new piece of content comes out.
0: I'll wait. Hopefully uh, I was just thinking of all the fun old LucasArts games we would have. We would have just fighter pilot games and, you know, uh, RTS games and shooters and RPGs and all these different varieties of old uh, Star Wars video games that they just need to kind of, that they they should really focus their attention on and not being the Battlefield 1 or the Call of Duty. Yeah. Or the Destiny, because they obviously can't compete. They obviously don't understand the market. Uh, But then they do, because they are a part of games that are. So it's it's so fucking confusing. But, uh, yeah, I... Part of me just, I mean, I know LucasArts has to still be a company because they have to hold the property rights for things, but I, if I were Kathleen Kennedy, I might look into firing that back up.
1: Yeah, especially if EA is just not being the steward that they're expecting it to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, i, I it's like, look, uh, maybe you guys can do this better in-house. I can understand why they wouldn't want to because, look, it's a pain in the ass. Look at what happens when you make little mistakes. Nerds are very unforgiving. But then again, if you demand $140 of for stuff like this, if this is the case, if this is how much money they're asking for this amount of content, then, yeah, I could see why. It's the most downvoted thing in the history of Reddit.
1: Yeah. And it's also one of those situations where it's just like, you know, especially with EA, EA has taken organizations that have been stewards for Star Wars gaming and ruined them in some ways. Like, you look at BioWare. You know, BioWare was Knights of the Old Republic, and now they're gone. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not going to say like everywhere had some major mistakes and missteps, but some of that is at, you know, EA's prompting. Like, again, you were talking about sticking a multiplayer game where it doesn't belong. Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, and Mass Effect Andromeda. The only development going on for Mass Effect right now is in the multiplayer space, which is the one area that I have absolutely no interest in. And it's a shame because Mass Effect Andromeda was a fine game. It was an interesting story. And then because, you know, they shortened development time on it, they pumped it out honestly before some of the visuals were ready, so that its launch was honestly tepid. And because of that, they shuttered all single player content development.
0: Maybe Bethesda can pick up they're they're the ones making the single player games uh Maybe they can focus in on this. Or a legitimate company that isn't under the uh, corporate umbrella of another larger company that's uh, being weird. You know, if if LucasArts or film is going to be, you know, see who else is out there, people. Because uh, EA and DICE, I don't don't think they know what they're doing.
1: Uh, They know what they're doing. They're going to generate money, as you kind of said. It's just, at some point, I feel like generating money is not enough. Like at some point you need to create something half decent.
0: Well, last week we did ask people to write in. We talked about how dark and uh, how would you like seeing? Uh, what sort of themes would you like seeing in the Star Wars trilogy movies? And uh, Red Leader and Telly set us up on our SoundCloud, which you can too. That uh, says, yeah, you know there are some deaths. You do see Tony's parents die in Civil War, and you see a kid's mom die of uh, cancer in the beginning of Guardians. So he said he wouldn't mind seeing something like that in uh, the future uh, Star Wars films.
1: Yeah, he also brought up, we started talking about, you know, seeing environmental damage and that kind of thing, and he did bring up specifically, and something I was impressed at because it didn't trigger for me for whatever reason, but specifically with Star Wars Rebels right now, you are seeing that on the planet Lothal, like that planet dying,
0: yeah, yeah, and that was, I think, one thing we said for a TV show, too, is to have it all focused on one planet, and that's kind of what Rebels is doing, which is interesting. But yeah, seeing something, yeah, like that, that's, I mean, I don't know about seeing, I remember Tony's parents getting shot, I don't think they're going to put that in a Star Wars movie, nor do you necessarily need to actually see that, but uh, heavier themes would be nice, is all I'm saying, and I think uh, Red Leader here agrees with us, but yeah, he makes a joke kid with cancer a star wars story coming this fall no we, we we don't want that that would be terribly depressing if you have any thoughts or suggestions for anything we covered let us know what you think about battlefront it should be out now as you're listening to this let us know what you think hey write in and say hey it's not that bad or do you know what no it is terrible or it's just okay let us know what you think and also to uh hit us up on soundcloud or on twitter facebook or gmail of course on pulse at gmail.com yeah. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. You know,
1: help get the word out there. If you enjoy our takes on Star Wars, you know, let some know about us. And if you hate our takes on Star Wars, please let us know why. We would love to improve.
0: No, let others know about us, because then tell them they suck. And then have us leave funny trolling comments. Those make me laugh. But leave five star. Or no, should I have not have said that?
1: I won't know, but that is more
0: up to you. <laughs> All right, yeah, don't do that. Disregard that. But yeah, until next week, may the force be with you.